Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org, and in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today, my co-host is Megan Pardue, Communications Assistant. So, what are we talking about today, Megan? Today, we have several guests, including some furry ones. We have police officer Newly McSpadden and his canine officer, Egan, and investigator Adam Elliott and his canine officer, Pito. So let's start with some basic facts about the canine unit. All right. The city's canines are assigned to the special projects unit within the Stillwater Police Department. Their major priority is drug interdiction. The dogs are trained to alert to narcotics and also do criminal, criminal apprehension. Sounds like an awesome topic today. Mm-hmm. So welcome, guys. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast, but we start with a lightning round. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask each of you a random but revealing question. Are you ready? We're ready. Is this a challenge? This is a challenge. Yes. So we've got a random question that's going to reveal something interesting about both of you. Let's go. Okay, Megan? All right. So what's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? Weirdest food I've ever eaten is balut, which is a fertilized duck egg that's boiled. Interesting. It, it's boiled. It's, it's a, boiled, a boiled egg. Boiled duck egg. What does it taste like? Like an egg you, that's got chunks in it. It's got chunks in it. Yeah, because it's like it's a fertilized duck egg. So there's like little duck bones in there. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, an actual duck like inside that. the egg. It's nasty. So why did you eat it? It's a delicacy for Filipino culture. And. You and were at a festival. You were at someone's house. Somebody's house, and they made a big issue of. Like it's a big to... honor to eat it, so ah. you just do it. Wow. Yeah. So did you swallow? Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah, you have to eat the whole thing. You have to eat the So, like, like what it, does it taste? It just tastes like a regular egg, but it's got bones in it? Yeah, it's like a hard-boiled egg, yeah. but there's an actual, like, baby duck inside. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. Don't recommend it. You don't recommend no. it. So are you always adventurous when you eat? No. No. Not at all. Picky. So what? So how did you, did you just say, I'm just going to man up and do this? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I didn't want to offend the people I was with, so yeah. just do it. See, my son will eat anything. So like we go into a Mexican restaurant, he wants to get the soup that's got all of the octopus and squid and all the nope. weird stuff in it. And he just wants to see what all it tastes like. Yeah. No. Not for me. Not for you? No. All right. So, who's your favorite Disney hero or heroine, and would you trade places with them? Well, I just got back from Disney World on vacation with my family. So, you know everything Disney? Absolutely. So I have a four-year-old daughter. You have a four-year-old. So oh, yeah. I, you Four years ago, I knew nothing. Yes. Now, I'm good to go. So, uh, so who's your heroine? Hero. My Whichever hero would one. have to be Maui from Moana. Ah. I love her. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so you know all the songs? Of course. Yeah. I cannot sing them, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm out on that. But you do with your daughter? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She tells me I'm doing it wrong, and uh, she corrects me, and yeah. it's all fun. So how many times have you seen that movie? Countless number. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I couldn't even guess. A hundred, uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Netflix took it off 
the air. We were devastated. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that. Yeah. So now you need to move to another Disney um, one. Mm. Beauty and can, the Beast. We ha- yeah, we got yeah. that. Yeah. We got Cinderella. Her favorite um, is Cinderella, but I can't do that on yeah. Moana. You just like the Moana. Mm-hmm. Well, because you got a character in there you relate to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So we got through the random but revealing questions. You guys survived. Uh, well, let's go into uh, the actual part of the interview. And um, so for each of you, uh, well, let's just start with your dogs. So what is your dog's name? Uh, we'll start over here. My dog's name is Pedo. So uh, tell us about Pedo. Pedo, he's eight years old. He's a Belgian Malinois. Was wow. imported to the United States from Holland. Uh-huh. And we've had him since he was about 18 months old. And so, I'm the second handler. You're, so tell me about the breed. Is it like, do, uh, is it something, is it a breed that's usually used for canine units? Yes. The Belgian Malinois, they're, they're a little bit smaller than a German Shepherd. Uh-huh. Have a lot of energy, mm-hmm. just really good work drive. And so they've actually kind of taken over. At least for us, where the German Shepherds used to be. Oh, you really? So this is a really good breed for that. Very good breed for this, yeah. Um, and your dog? My dog is Egan. He is half German Shepherd, half Belgian Malinois. Um, he's three years old, or almost three, and he came from Hungary. Uh-huh. We got him whenever he was about fourteen months old, just a little puppy. Yeah. And it's fun watching him mature as he's learning his job more and more. So, um, so I noticed both of your dogs are from Europe. Is there a reason for that, or is that just? Yes, the Europeans breed their dogs more strictly and specifically for working dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, their indus- that's their industry over there. Where Americans, we have cattle. Uh-huh. They have dogs. Everybody there trains their dogs to for either sporting breed or to be sold to Americans mm-hmm. for police dogs. Ah. So there's several large kennels throughout the United States who actually have employees in Europe who are over there picking out dogs and constantly buying dogs and ah. sh- shipping them back to the United States. That's for- interesting. <clears throat> um, so for each of you, uh, Adam, tell me about how you got into the, the police off, um, the police station and become an officer and specifically the canine unit. Um, once I graduated college, I got into what was the police corps, which uh-huh. doesn't exist anymore. It was a federal academy. Uh-huh. And then we got hired on by Stillwater from that. Mm-hmm. And always had an interest in the canine unit. Mm-hmm. And one of my field training officers was a canine handler at the time. And so I just kind of gravitated toward that. Wow. And then I did a lot of training with them. Well, I was kind of coming up through the years of working at the police department. And when I had an opening, one of the handlers got promoted to a sergeant. And so I took over his canine position from him. Um, and and uh, newly. For the police officer aspect, I yeah. came to college um, at Oklahoma State and um, went to a degree as close to criminal justice as Oklahoma State had. And um, originally thought I wanted to be in the FBI, but realized I like Oklahoma and I'm not willing to move mm-hmm. out of Are the area. Are you originally from Oklahoma? Yeah, I'm from yeah. Northeast Oklahoma, from Venita. Oh, yeah. And um, came here to college and never left. Right. Um, 
fell into love with a police officer or law enforcement. <laughs> and <laughs> um, no, we know what you mean. Yeah, same thing. Uh, <laughs> did not fall into love with a police officer, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um, and then with the canine, I've always liked training dogs, being mm-hmm. around dogs. So it's something I always wanted to do. And then um, doing that, you kind of get exposed to more high risk scenarios, which mm-hmm. a, a little bit more adrenaline driven right. stuff. And that's what I like in law enforcement. Um, so, so, so with the dogs, um, how do the dogs know? I mean, the, do the dogs know the work they're doing? Do they know they're working and that like, if I'm assuming that your dogs would like, like chase somebody and take them down. Does it? Do they know that they're like chasing a bad person potentially? Like, like, what do you think the dogs are thinking when they're doing their work? Um, it's all a game to them. It's they, a game. They are excited to come to work because they get to play play here. Um, right. At home, they just get to be dogs. They all live with us, uh-huh. and at home, they just are like one of our pets. But whenever we come to work. They are excited because we make it a game that has to be mm-hmm. fun for them to right. enjoy their work. So, um, like their reward for to find drugs is mm-hmm. um, a tennis ball. That's fun for them. They only get that tennis ball whenever they go and do work. Uh. So it's a lot of fun. Same with like criminal apprehension. Um, they think it's just a fun tug of war game. Oh, okay. So, uh, so th- and they would get rewarded if they <clears throat> catch somebody. Correct. Yeah. So it's a tennis ball for um, uh, drugs, and if they apprehend somebody, is it a different reward? The actual apprehension uh-huh. is the reward for them. Oh. They love the tug-of-war game because uh-huh. we, we have a, a special suits that we wear to train them yes. where we, we take bites on that suit. Mm-hmm. And so just the fact of them hanging onto that suit, playing that tug-of-war their tails are wagging. They're they're excited. They love it. They don't want to let go, uh-huh. and so that just kind of transfers over when we're actually doing an apprehension. That they'll, in their little minds, that's the same game, mm-hmm. and so. So the, they just think they're coming in and having special time with the t- with their trainer. So absolutely, it's just it's just fun for them. It is fun. They they yeah. get excited when it's time to oh, go to work. That's awesome. So, yeah. Makes sense. And so your dogs stay at home with you. Yes, they do. Yes. Okay. And how? And so, um, so you get them when they're they're little, and you you train them, and they just live with you and come to work with you, and so they're with you. I guess they're basically your full time companions. Yes, they are. They spend more time with us than most of our family because they come to work with us. Yeah. Constantly, and then they're at home. When they're at home, um, they're usually put up in their kennel because they're so worn out from work and mm-hmm. um, they're ready to relax. But uh, they, we spend a lot of time with them. So, um, so how does it work? Like, um, so somebody calls you and says we suspect there's drugs in this area, and you show up with the dog. Is that? It all depends on the situation. Yeah. A lot of our job is we do a lot more with vehicles, mm-hmm. like traffic stops, uh-huh. where officers or us will make a traffic stop and we suspect there might be narcotics in the oh, vehicle. Okay. And so we have our dog do a free air examination around the car which the courts have ruled, you know, you don't have any right to privacy for the air outside of a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then if our dog gives an indication of narcotics coming from the vehicle, then that gives us probable cause to search it. Mm-hmm. So 
we find we do a lot of our our main job is to do that yeah so how uh, <clears throat> sensitive are the dogs to narcotics um so we're talking marijuana heroin cocaine heroin so it's things that they can smell i guess yeah okay uh so how sensitive um how what what's the smallest amount or or how uh, you know can you know covered up can it be before the dogs find it the easiest way to explain that is we well for first we have our dogs on very small odors uh-huh. because if the if there's a say a gram of marijuana in the center console uh-huh. they can't get to that so they're getting just a small odor coming out of a seam somewhere mm-hmm. but the easiest way to explain how strong their nose is if like we take an eight ounce cup of water and put like one little strawberry drop flavoring in it uh-huh. then we can kind of smell it you can do the same thing with an Olympic-sized swimming pool, mm-hmm. and you do that one drop of water or yeah. one drop into the water, and the dogs can still smell it. Wow. That's crazy. That is. So what's their favorite thing to do when they're not working? Playing with their Kong. Absolutely. They mm-hmm. just want to carry it around, don't want to drop it. Yeah. Um, it's their fetch toy. Wow. So uh, so they're, they're just really big, playful dogs. Mm-hmm. Definitely are, and we are lucky enough in the city of Stillwater to where we get dogs that are socialized because uh-huh. we go do a lot of presentations around in the community and stuff where they got little kids, right? And so our dogs are trained to not be aggressive toward people mm-hmm. unless they're they're told to. So we can take them into a school classroom and let mm-hmm. the kids pet on them and stuff, and right. they're and they're fine. With I imagine it. that's very popular. Oh yeah, yeah. So if they could eat anything that they want for a day, what would it be? <sighs> What's that bit of human food that they're always begging for? All of it. All of it? <laughs> All of it. Um, they like absolutely anything. Um, Egan, he's kind of interesting whenever I give him like a human food or anything. He'll put it in his mouth and then spit it out and then really like savor it and retaste it. Um, <laughs> my, my last dog, um, Zena, she was not that way. Uh-huh. She could scarf down a cheeseburger that we were eating. Um, before you could look the other way, she would sneak in and get it. So, so they lay under the kitchen table and beg for food, that type? Um, no, only because we don't have them. They're not our inside dogs. Oh, so okay. they're out. Mm-hmm. They kind of know the rules a little better. Oh. Um, our uh, personal dogs, on the other hand, yeah. yeah they're so begging. how do the, your personal dogs interact with the canines when they're at your home? Our, we both have little dogs. Uh-huh. And, and our, these are pr- bigger pr- dogs. Yeah. yeah. Our canines are so dominant yeah. that they don't care. Like I have little Jack Russells and mm-hmm. they will growl at my canine and um, act pretty angry towards him. And he just kind of shakes it off. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's so dominant right. um, that none of that stuff bothers him. Mm-hmm. And your dogs? Um, your dog, I guess. Pino has, well, I got two big dogs and then... Mm-hmm. two little small dogs at my house and Peter's really good friends with one of my big dogs yeah and then the other dog big dog just leaves them alone they don't mm. pay attention to each other at all do you think they get jealous when you take them to work no they don't no <laughs> now Peter would get jealous if I took my other dog somewhere because ah, he's yeah. so used to going with me right but... so whenever they're in the car with you do they just sit in the seat or they have to be in a, a cage how does that work we've got special building? units Mm-hmm. that have actual kennels in them oh okay so the whole like a what three quarters of our back seat area mm-hmm. in our we both have suvs uh-huh. is a actual dog kennel oh okay 
built into the unit. So because that's what you guys do. Yeah. So you said you had a previous dog. So how long do the dogs work? The dogs work. It's, there's not like a timeline. It's just until they can't perform their jobs anymore, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't having fun, if they're getting um, slow going in and mm-hmm. out of um, the units. Mm-hmm. Um, my previous dog, she was eight years old, and then um, she passed away from a medical um, problem called bloat. It's where their intestines turn, their mm-hmm. stomach turns, and um, they kind of blow up a little bit. Um, that sounds terrible. They, they, it's called bloat because they're bloating. Yeah, they're bloating. Yeah. Um, there's no ox, no oxygen can get in mm-hmm. or out because um, their intestines have twisted, and um, the city actually, the community came together and raised a lot of money and donated enough money to purchase a new dog mm-hmm. within like a month and a half, and that's when we got Egan. So how much do the dogs cost? I guess it depends on how trained they are before you get them. Um. Correct. Um, For Egan and all of his training and Mm -hmm. for me to be sent to go through the Mm -hmm. training, which I was in Houston for nine weeks, Mm -hmm. um, which had to pay for my hotel and things like that, with the dog and the training, it's somewhere around $20,000. Wow. So it's a big investment for the community and with big returns, I imagine. Absolutely. So so the dogs can do things that, I guess, a regular officer would find difficult. I guess this, this finding the drugs would be one thing. But I guess the chasing and apprehension, that's just a very um, unique thing to the, the dogs can do stuff that humans can't. It's just a lot of the times, like when somebody, when we're after a suspect, mm-hmm. You know, they'll try to hide in the woods or something uh-huh. like that, where our dogs have a great sense of smell. So they'll right. be able to tell where the suspect's at. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of the threat away from an officer. Well, yeah. Because um, a dog's going to hopefully find the suspect way before we would. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of takes us out of harm's way as right. much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then they can go through places and stuff that we can't necessarily right. get through as quick and fast. So kind of a win-win for us. Right. And uh, and like you said, they're playing. They're not. They're not really concerned about. Yeah, what they see doing. it as a big game. Yeah. You know, oh, so. we get to play chase today. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Uh, so uh, you said you do a lot of um, uh, presentations where you take the dog and they're around people. What type of questions does the community ask you, or children, or you know what when they go out? What is the thing that everybody wants to know about uh, the canine unit and the in your dogs? The children always just want to know what the dog's name are, nice. <laughs> yeah. and they want to see the. Well, how fun did stuff. you pick the names? That's what they names were given to them um, overseas. Oh, okay. And so we keep the names. So they have that uh, European flair to them. Correct, and yeah. we actually uh, speak their native language, uh-huh. so that whenever the dogs getting um, sent overseas. And now there's a whole new environment. We don't want them to have to learn new language. Also, it's easier for us to learn a few of their commands mm-hmm. than. So you don't say sit. You would say something else. Correct. In Hungarian. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you get a new dog, and let's say it's from uh, Germany, then your dog you would learn German um, key uh, commands. Wow. What do you think of that, Megan? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, uh, so I, if I didn't ask you something, what is something you would really like the public to know about your job or your or the canine unit itself? Well, the main thing is just how grateful we are to the community support. Mm-hmm. You know, because like Newly said, when Zena passed away, 
it was within a month we already had the mm -hmm. money raised to go yeah. send him to nine weeks worth of training and buy a new dog and so that, that made a life a lot easier for us mm -hmm. to know that the community supports us that much right. to be able to shell out that kind of money to help yeah, keep the wow. unit up and running so yeah i mean and that's true um the because i do remember that the moment you know uh we said that you know we we don't have this budgeted and it's not a good budget year uh you know we're not going to be able to to do anything for a while the community did it was just immediate so uh so yeah that's really awesome and i imagine that does you know you know show you that how much the public appreciates what what the work that you guys do all right well thank you so much for uh coming Before we go, let's take a look at the mailbox. The city receives questions in a lot of ways, including emails, social media, even phone calls. One of the questions for today comes from Matt on Facebook. Matt asks, is there a section of Boomer Creek near Couch Park that's available for public fishing? And do I need a fishing permit to fish there? So what do you know, Megan? All right, so Matt, fishing in creeks actually follows the same requirements as our lakes. No city permit is required, but a state fishing license is required. So if you go online to our website at stillwater.org and you navigate to parks, trails, and open spaces, you'll see a whole list of what's allowed and what's not. Thanks, Matt. That's a great answer. Let's move to question number two. Uh, the next question is from Terry on Twitter. Terry wrote, I'm seeing construction around my neighborhood, and I'd like to know what's going on. Is there a way I can get information on that? Well, Terry, we update our website with development projects regularly. Check for the project near you by visiting stillwater.org and viewing current projects under the government tab. Well, thank you for listening to FYI Stillwater. And remember to tune in for our next podcast. 